1: What's up everybody? Happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to the Action Network podcast. I'm your host Chris Rabon and this is your NFL Week 12 betting preview. You already know we're going to talk about our favorite sides, totals, teasers, survivor picks, underdog money lines, and of course crack open our weekly Sunday six-pack of Against the Spread bets with the help of my co-host the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation. Also, my father for the week because you definitely beat me head-to-head with that Cleveland pick. So, congratulations. Uh, great week for you. 7-1, and one, I believe it was. Uh, how you feeling?
0: Yeah, it was a great week for the podcast. I think we hit our line Dogs, teasers, uh, split the totals for one and one on the six-pack, even with a head-to-head. And yeah, it was a great Sunday. Swept the board. Always nice to get one of those and it was a sweaty one too because around four the witching hour i had i had the texans i just needed them to win to close out a parlay um that went that was right down to the wire they had to get a fourth down stop it kept turning it over i had the browns i thought the steelers were gonna voodoo again they have to drive the field um i had the i had the the bears were a sweat somehow bears up 12 three to go I got to get Darnell Wright Bro. kicking the ball
1: out of the back yes. of the end zone. I, When I saw that, I was like, oh, no, not another, not another, not another 6 I almost boot. lost not my another. heart.
0: I, I was, like, thinking about it, I was like, yeah, maybe Hutchinson coming around the edge here, this could – and then it happened the first – I was like, oh, my God, and my stomach dropped. And luckily, I got to send my first Christmas card of my life to uh, Darnell Wright. Um, but, yeah, it was a great week. And uh, But who cares? We're on the next week. Hopefully the, we can keep it rolling on the pod, and yeah, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Just got done the college podcast a couple hours ago, so if you want to check out that that'll be out. We wanted to get everything out for you guys uh, by Wednesday because I know a lot of people are traveling, have family obligations. So yeah, I'm ready to roll and hopefully find some more winners.
1: You sound did you sleep or something? Like you sound pretty uh,
0: enthusiastic. Uh, we were just talking about Tim Boyle at college stats, so it got me fired up. I
1: guess <laughs> yeah. We want to sincerely thank all of you guys for listening, joining us this season and every season. I know a lot of uh, listeners, uh, this is not your first season. And if it is, welcome. Thank you. Uh, We appreciate you.
0: Happy Thanksgiving, gamblers. We're thankful
1: for you. Uh, We're going to kick things off by tackling all three Thanksgiving Day games in our normal Thursday night segment. If there's something in the six pack, uh, you know, I'll let you know. We'll kind of go to the next game, and uh, yeah, and then we'll get into our six pack, which will include all. It, it can include every game, so it's not just Sunday. You know, it can include Friday. It can include uh, Thursday. So a lot to get to. Let's jump right into it with the Thursday Thanksgiving Day sleep preview. We're on the bus getting
0: ready to broadcast the traditional Thanksgiving Day game. And John, as you think about all the people around the country sitting down to enjoy Thanksgiving with their friends and their families, we indeed have a lot to be thankful for. The first Thanksgiving Day game ever played was here in Detroit, and to me, there's nothing better. There's just certain things that go together, you know, the turkey, the family, the tradition, football, and we have it all today.
1: All right, first up, we got the Packers going to Detroit to take on the Lions, Lions favored by seven and a half at bet MGM total 47 uh I mean you've got a pretty good read on these two teams so I'll let you uh give your thoughts first
0: yeah this one's tough to we're recording this on a Tuesday the the Packers injury report is ridiculous um like who's playing for that I yeah I don't know like is Jair Alexander gonna play? He'd be really important he's, in this game. He
1: looks like he is. So the guys who look like they're definitely well, Aaron Jones is doubtful. So he, he's looks Musgrave like he's is out. out. Musgrave is in the hospital. So hopefully you know best wishes to him. I think he got he came down. He had an injury that he picked up in that game. Yeah, he's out um, of the like, hospital
0: now, but he's he's he has a lacerated okay. kid. Yeah, he so spent the, a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, he spent the la- the the first a couple of days after the game in the hospital, um, and then the backup. The third string running back Emmanuel Wilson dislocated his shoulder, so he's probably also out. So it's probably gonna be the AJ Dillon shot. They signed Patrick Taylor to the active roster. Uh and then Dontavian Wicks, who I, I thought was playing really well. Um, he's in the protocol, it sounds like so. He's he's pretty out, iffy. Then. Yeah, I mean Alton yeah, Jenkins. Thing. I'm not sure about uh, Jenkins. Yeah, he What's might be said
0: there. there's
1: yeah, the Aaron Jones loss is big here. Um is it though? Yeah. I mean, what has he really done this year? He had that one big game against Chicago and really nothing else. I mean, they're not actually losing something. You can't really lose something that you don't have. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I, mean, like-
0: I just think that then they end up giving it to Dylan too much and it just doesn't work. Um, it's not going to work. And think, here's what I think: The Packers have to come out here and they have to throw. Um, that's what they have to do. You're not really going to run it much on Detroit. So you got to come out here. You have to trust Jordan Love. and you have to hope that he doesn't make bad mistakes um you know remember early in the year the lions in what game four the yep. lions were two and a half point favorites at green bay they won 34-20 loved a couple picks goff wasn't overwhelming but the lions really just I, I mean whenever they needed to get on the ground they got which it's probably going to ha- it's it's probably going to be the same here um it's just they're going to get a push up front and they're going to be able to control this game from that aspect set up some easy passes so it's really tough for me to make a case for green bay i show a little bit of value on the packers i want to just see who's playing first um let me see what is the total sitting at 47. Favorites have been, have dominated for what it's yes. worth on Thanksgiving, yes. um, which is worth noting. I know unders in these island games have have been great, but uh, the unders the over's taking money, which I agree with. Under forty eight, and anything under forty eight, I would potentially look at the over because I don't think is going to have much success running it. Your running back room is hurt. You're going to come out here and you're trying to throw it, and most teams that want to do that, you can have success against Detroit. Um, that secondary is just not good. Um, and I think that the there's no real, there's no there's no real resistance that the Green Bay defense can provide to what Detroit wants to do on the ground through the air. The injuries make it a tough handicap, but over a touchdown, I lean Green Bay, and uh, I would actually look at the over here.
1: Yeah, I you know I thought about Green Bay, but I mean my gut is actually telling me this is a spot where Detroit bounces back and and Green Bay's luck comes to an end. You know, Green Bay just doesn't seem like it can maintain consistency. And it it makes sense. You know, you're a young, young offense. um, And now you, I mean, you got Musgrave out, you got Wicks out. I mean, you still got the your top three receivers. You still, but that's like, you know, you're just, you're just depleted going against this lion team that finally has all its offensive pieces together. And, you know, just weigh an egg on offense. It's so also a
0: short week. Most hurts, of the game. Hurts the younger team, right? Like less yeah. preparation time yep. going on the road.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I've already had some issues with Matt LaFleur. I think, you know, a, as are many of these coaches this year, uh, becoming a little exposed on some of his game planning, play calling, just not really feeling it. Dan Campbell though, um, you know, he's he's <laughs> looks like a force to be reckoned with. Uh, so yeah, I, I think Detroit has a better coach superior team on a short week that usually favors the favorite, which is part of the reason why, because we also see favorites just generally the one other spot is just Thursday night football in general, not on Thanksgiving And we you know, we've talked about this. It's just, when you have the superior team short week, you know, less about game planning and scheming and just more about going out there and playing and, um, Detroit healthier Detroit's better. So, uh, you know. Don't, don't really like laying that, that number of points, but uh, you do have trends to back it up uh, if you so choose to go in that direction. But uh, it's, this is going to be a, I think a no bet for me. It's the first game of the day. Right. So maybe I'll have a prop or something.
0: Uh, yeah. I'll look to see what props are out uh, you or Kerner or Nick Giffen. I'll probably throw in a, I always throw in like a Turkey, Turkey day, Thanksgiving parlay. Uh, it's the one time I do it. So I'll just be sitting on my couch all day. Just if I don't like all three games separately, which I don't here, uh, I'll just throw in something just for fun, some couch change. So my my the first leg that I'll have, it's uh, I'm gonna bet the over here.
1: Okay, okay. So um, it's not a bet I
0: love, or I'm gonna be putting yeah. You know, a significant amount of money on, but I lean that way. The Lions put your diapers on; they're going to go for go for it on fourth downs, which increases the variance a bit. But they should have success, and any fourth and shorts against this defense, they should get. I think Green Bay is going to come out. They're going to have to throw. They're going to be behind, and they can have some success throwing downfield here against this Lions secondary. But by the way, I'm like a couple of years ago. It's like 47. Yeah, we could go over that easy. Now they're looking at 47. It's like a, I'm looking at up at Mount Everest. Oh, how are we going to get the 48 points? That's what I feel in today's NFL. This week there's totals of 34, 35, 33 and a half, I mean, and 36. It's crazy out there.
1: In my model I actually have all four of those low total games slightly over. Not not not, not that I'm betting it, but like I think it's kind of like a little bit of an overcorrection, you know, with the market just really yep. coming down here, but yeah, I mean th- this is you got indoor golf, indoor lions, full strength Even Jamison Williams is catching touchdowns now. Um, Mine's had
0: no injuries right now.
1: uh, Let's go to the next game.
0: Again, a happy Thanksgiving. We got a turducken, right? Yeah, this thing here is a deboned duck stuffed in a deboned chicken stuffed in a deboned turkey We're stuffing. Now you're talking.
1: Washington at Dallas. Uh, This is another one where if this feels like a little bit of an overreaction to Washington, who just plays the giants differently from every other team. And we've seen Washington be feisty against Philly and, uh, what they? Seattle. Seattle just a few weeks ago. They're generally very good on the road too. But at the same time, this is also a spot. Number one, obviously favorites on, on Thursday and favorites on Thanksgiving, but Dak against inferior teams is excellent in these spots versus sub 500 teams, 29 and 13, against the spread, 69%. Dak is a favorite by six points or more, 29, 11, and one, 73%. So that's that's a, that's not the norm. Usually you don't see a favorite trends sustaining for that long because the majority of the money is usually on – the action is usually on favorite. so books just usually overcorrect, if anything, for those type of things. But Dallas keeps on covering here, so, I mean, what do you what do you think? Because 11, 11 – I, I may get closer to 10, 9.5, 10 – uh, Eleven seems like a bit much, but what do you think?
0: Yeah, a little inflated here, uh but I look. Last week, I thought that the Panthers' line was a little inflated as well, but I didn't want. I don't want to step in front of this Dallas team right now. I I think that they're playing so well on both sides of the ball. They made uh, spoke about this at length. They made the offensive changes that I was looking for. Dak using his legs, throwing it more in early downs. Offensive line's fully healthy. Like Dak's going to be clean here. I just don't know how Washington is going to get many stops. And on the other side of the ball, the Dallas defense has figured it out in the post digs life. It's so I the one like look, but you're right. The commanders, I mean maybe they just can't play teams from New York. I mean, they're always three against uh I don't know. Uh they also got blown up by the Bills, but they seem to play up and down to their competition. I mean every week. It's it's crazy. I can't figure out Sam Howell. Like he can make all the throws, his timing was off early in the season. He was taking too many sacks. He kind of fixed that for a couple weeks, uh, and you know he was getting rid of the ball quicker. He wasn't taking as many sacks. He seemed his pocket presence get better. And Then last week he throws yeah, th- what three picks get sacked four times. Like so I don't I don't know, and then like what's going on with McLaurin and those wide receivers. So the Commanders are a bizarre team. They are very difficult to play. So I would agree that this is a bit overinflated, like you're buying, you know, from a buy low sell high perspective, the, the play here would be to take, you know, the double digits over 10 with Washington, but I just can't trust them. And I told myself a couple of weeks ago, Dallas is the team that I want to ride and want to avoid fading. So uh, I'm going to stay true to that. And I'll probably stay away from this one from, my Thanksgiving day parlay
1: Dallas yeah, money line <laughs> yeah,
0: probably throw Dallas money line in there with the we'll, we'll, we'll connect Green Bay over with uh, Dallas money line
1: I don't know where Washington's mental is at either because you kind of know that this like Rivera's a lame duck you're you know is how the guy or is he not you already had a fire sale you just had an embarrassing loss but you know, at this point like i think do you even are you trying to salvage anything or is it like was that was last week kind of the checkout point like we, who knows i'll tell you pat this stuff is looking good and smelling
0: good and tasting good we gotta dig in and start eating now it is good but you gotta
1: hurry because it's getting close to game time and we just like to say happy thanksgiving to you guys back in the studio uh the final game is the 49ers at seattle to take on the seahawks niners favored by seven and i'll have more on this one in the six-pack so let's get right into this week's sunday six-pack thirsty for action let's crack
0: open the sunday six-pack
1: Let's jump into the six-pack, Uh 37 a month. I lost no bets and didn't pick up any ground. And
0: won my total, you didn't, and beat you head-to-head, yeah. head. all because I pushed the Texans.
1: You're up first. Where are you going?
0: All right, for my first pick of the Week 12 Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills plus three-and-a-half at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, this is a rare bet. I placed this bet on Sunday, the, before the Monday night game. All I wanted was the hook here. I have the Bills power-rated after that Jets game. I had the P- Bills power-rated ahead of the Eagles. People be like, oh, my God, you can't have the Bills better than the Eagles. The Bills have six wins. The Eagles are 9-1, and one, and they went to the Super Bowl. I mean, this Eagles team – look, if you want to go by our luck rankings, by the way, Eagles are – not. I don't know what's in the water or water in Pennsylvania where I'm from, but the Steelers and Eagles are number two by far. Steelers – the Eagles have nine wins – they're more like a six and a half, seven, seven and a half win team. Bills, five wins are more like a seven. So these two teams should have the same amount of wins, but there was a little better luck. You want to go by DVOA, Buffalo, fifth, Philly, 10th. Uh, you know, Buffalo eighth and schedule adjusted Pythagorean win percentage, Philly ninth. You go by EPA, defense, EPA. Uh, EPA per play on defense. The bills are better than the Eagles offense. The bills are better than the Eagles. You go by just, net points on the season and they've played a lot of common opponents Buffalo margin better than the Eagles I mean there's just I I everywhere I look I have the Bills I just can't get to the Eagles being better than the Bills right now now there are some cornerback injuries and Micah Hyde there's some injuries in the secondary that for the Bills that are a bit concerning but you don't really need a slot against the Eagles they have they have two guys they can throw to right now like that's it. They throw, they throw a middle screen to Swift or they try to throw it down the sidelines uh, to their receivers. They have no one else. They got the, the the corpse of Julio Jones. They don't have a tight end and they don't have another receiver. So it doesn't really hurt. I think if you have Benford and Rasul Douglas, who it clicked for him, it was going to take him a couple weeks, but he was spectacular last week and uh, yeah, he was going against get Zach Wilson, but just where he was on the field. And uh, he's a big upgrade mainly because it's not Elam anymore. So I think if you have Benford and Douglas on the outside, I think Hyde will play, but it's not a given. I think you'll be okay. You're also seeing McDermott has figured out some of the other pieces. And their edge rushers, I brought this up with the Bills. It wasn't just the injuries that they had. You know, it was the drop off. And now you've, you know, Dorian Williams has played a little bit better. He's not getting as many snap snaps in the game, but they had their other edge rushers were banged up too. Uh, some of their older guys. Von Miller's finally starting to look a little bit healthier but some of their other guys like Floyd they were dealing with injuries and they finally look healthy they can get pressure without blitzing that's what you need to do against Jalen Hurts but this this Eagles offense just doesn't look right Hurts can't really he's not running it as much as he was last year which is really hurting the offense when he has when he is the threat to run on every play this offense is impossible to defend I also think the play calling is taking a step back um you know he's because he's not healthy and fully confident in the pocket that just the accuracy isn't theirs. Deep ball has been great. But other than that, there's just this offense just looks off. And the Bills offense by every metric, Allen has been great all year, even though people are like, oh he has so many interceptions. He has the fourth lowest pass defended rate in the NFL. He has the ninth lowest turnover worthy play. And this Eagles secondary has been I mean bad. Uh, there's just there's he could throw over the middle of the field against them they don't have a slot this could be a huge Kincaid game you saw Joe Brady bring some nuance and some changes to the offense and people will laugh and say is the Jets that Jets defense got obliterated and had shut down every single offense with elite quarterbacks that they faced all season long and the Bills just ran through them I mean it was a joke they were absolutely dominant so I like this matchup because what the Bills could do here and they were finally using, like, Cook in, in the red zone more and in the passing game. But you saw Shakir have a big day. They can spread out Philly, put Allen in the gun. And when they spread out, they can go four wide, you know, Kincaid, Shakir, and then you just have, you know, Gabe Davis run, run wind sprints and go routes to take away a corner. Um, I don't even think he was targeted last week, but which was interesting. But um, they can spread Philly out. And Philly doesn't have the second They don't have the guys to match up here. Allen's playing really well. And I mentioned this before. Sometimes the Bills' offense is just a little off. Just yeah, it's 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 gonna look good. They're still gonna put up points. But then when it clicks, it's like a rocket ship for like four to five weeks. So yeah, I can't get to over a field goal here. I have happy to take over field goal. Eagles have been one of the luckiest teams in the NFL. Go back to the Dallas game. They got destroyed. I mean, they were out thoroughly outplayed. Dallas just stepping out of bounds, stopped at the one. Philly recovered all three fumbles. Go back to the Chiefs. Yeah, Mahomes just throw throw it up in the red zone yeah Kelsey getting you know fumbling it in the red zone Vada Scantling drops the game-winning touchdown pass I mean the red zone voodoo and the fumble voodoo You had hurts recover they, these fumbles just keep falling into Philly's hands yeah Eagles have been extremely fortunate this season that's not going to last forever they have not looked great on either side of the ball for weeks despite their record and people are like, well, we're winning. Yeah. Well, some of the Steelers were 10 and 0 a couple of years ago. It happens sometimes. It's a it's a game with an Oblong ball. Three and a half with the Bills all day here.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the Bills are they're right there uh with the Eagles. The Eagles are really the team that doesn't look quite right. Uh all right, for my first pick and the second overall of the week 12 six pack, I'm going with the Houston Texans plus one and a half at home against the Jaguars. Uh, Love this spot. Number one, I'm getting points with C.J. Stroud, who we've talked about ad nauseum, uh, already one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I I like the matchup here too, because we know Jacksonville, one of the zone heaviest defenses in the league. Houston, number one in the league in adjusted net yards and attempt against zone coverage, eight and a half. Last three games, Houston, 30 points a game. 486 yards of total offense on average. And they left points on the table uh, with, I mean, they didn't have a kicker in one of the games, a a couple of bad interceptions in the red zone, some tip balls. So uh, missed field goals, a lot of, a lot of things going on. So it could have been even, uh, they could have had even more points. Uh, And then I think Houston just plays better at home, which makes sense for, you know, young quarterback, kind of new team, a a lot of new pieces, new coach. But at home, 26 points per game, 410 yards on average of total offense, 6.1 yards per play, a point differential of five and a half on the road. 21.6 points per game, just 344 yards, 5.4 yards a play, and their point differential is positive, but just by uh, a half point. So much better home team, and the defense has been a lot better since the buy. A pre-buy, they were 23rd in success rate. Uh, They were giving up 344 yards a game since the buy up to number six in defensive success rate, uh, just under 40%. And they're giving up just under 315 yards a game. All three of their cornerbacks now uh, rank in the top 36 at at PFF out of 114 qualifiers. Stingley just got back. He's actually the worst one. Nelson and, and the flat corner Thomas are in the top 16. And this Jacksonville team, you know, nice, nice, Stack of, stacking up some wins here. They're up to seven uh, and three, but I think they're a little bit overrated. Pythagorean uh, theorem has them at 5.7 wins. So uh, overachieving by over one win, they're averaging 5.1 yards of play, allowing five and a half. They're averaging 6.2 net yards per pass, allowing 6.4. Uh, they're allowing, uh, they're averaging just 3.7 yards per carry and allowing 3.9. So, I mean, this team is, you know, they're getting out gained on average, uh, by seven yards per game. So this Jacksonville team, I think, is a little getting running a little bit lucky here. And if you look at who they beat and and their performance, it it varies drastically by by the quality of opponent, specifically the quality of the quarterback in the offense. So Jacksonville versus Anthony Richardson, Desmond Ritter, Gardner Minshew, Derek Carr, Kenny Pickett, and Will Levis, six and zero straight up, six and zero against the spread. Point differential of 13.3. Jacksonville against Mahomes, Stroud, Josh Allen, and Brock Purdy offenses. One in three straight up, one in three against the spread, minus 13.5 point differential. So ah, I think that this Houston offense uh, can, you know. They put up 37 in the first meeting. A lot of that, there was a lot of luck involved in that too. The game was a lot closer than than that, but you had some special teams weirdness going on there. But uh, Jacksonville at seven and three against the spread, when you have a divisional road favorite covering 70% or more of the time, 47 and 77 against the spread since 2005, just 38%. So I make Houston uh, a small favorite here. Uh, so I am all over the Texans catching points at home in a game that I, what is this? is this for the lead in the, the tie with well, Houston's what six and four, right? Yeah, this would be for a tie in the division, so yeah, big game here. But uh, give me Houston,
0: yeah, this would be for uh, outright first place in the division. Uh, Jags win, they go up by two games. If the Texans win, they're in first place because they have a tiebreaker. Yep. Yeah, they'd have a season sweep uh, over the Jags from that thirty-seven to seventeen win early in the season. Uh, so I agree. I like the Texans here too. I'll have more on this later. All right, for my second pick and the third overall of the Week Twelve Sunday six pack, I am going with the Atlanta Falcons plus one at home against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, these two teams to me are like mirrors. Um, I don't like really either one of them. I like the Falcons a little bit more overall and the Falcons are a little bit healthier. Saints just lost Michael Thomas. They won't have Marshawn Lattimore. That's huge. Everything they want to do on defense Falcons, by the way, the unluckiest team in our most recent luck rankings. Those things have been very good to bet. If you haven't checked them out, make sure you do on the Action Network app and ActionNetwork.com. The Falcons will get Animata back. Animata Revenge Game, maybe? Uh, they'll get Alfred <laughs> back in the slot. He's been good there. And then the wild card. You want to you hear a wild card for who's coming back for the Falcons this week? Who? Can you guess?
1: Uh, Desmond Ritter?
0: No, Desmond Ritter will start. <laughs> uh, I don't really care who starts for the Falcons. I don't have any difference. Uh, Parker yeah, Hesse. Parker oh, Hesse. Oh,
1: I saw who, that. He got, he's face, off the practice squad injury list now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. He's practicing. He's going to play. You might laugh at, like, who the hell is Parker Hesse? But their run numbers last year, when he's on the field, they use him as like a sixth offensive lineman. So I think that it can provide a boost to their run, which I'm still, I, like, I can't figure out why the Falcons' rush efficiency numbers are not better, right? You have good backs, your offensive line is a good run blocking unit. Um, so maybe Hesse provides a boost, but I basically just think these two teams are pretty equal. Falcons are healthier. I don't like either staff, so there's no—it's uh, kind of like incompetence versus incompetence. I'll take the Falcons kicker. I'll take the healthier team. I'll take the home field advantage. In um, and, and a game where both—if you look at both these teams—it's like all right, they're both good against the run, and then like they, they—they—they they both are are pretty mirrored. But I make the Falcons a slight favorite. I'll take them. At home catching a point, I actually trust their offense a little more. I don't even know it's going to be a quarterback for the Saints. If it's Car, I think it's probably going to be Car coming off concussion protocol. Um, but I don't think that there's much of a difference price wise between Winston and Carr. And I think it's going to be Car. And the way to attack this Atlanta team is you got to attack downfield. You got to hit explosive passing plays. That's just not something Car is doing. So I guess I would prefer Carr to start here. But if Winston starts, you know, I have a dog against Winston. I mean, he could throw picks. And um, so either way, I like the Falcons. I think they get this win. And, I, I mean, this is just sidebar. It would just make sense, the NFC South. Like all these teams are going to be like these three teams, the Bucks, Saints, and Falcons. They're all going to be like seven and eight going into the last weekend.
1: Yeah, per usual uh yeah i i'd lean falcons too i mean like you said it's kind of two just teams that generally are bad in these kind of spots like falcons at home under arthur smith they're bad but the saints on the road Derek carr dennis allen all bad uh but yeah there could be you know we don't really know exactly what's going on with the saints quarterback situation you did lose two of your better players in in Lattimore and uh thomas so uh and the Saints team already was not as good as everyone hyped them up to be they were just you know just in a weak division everyone's like all right yes this is a 10 win team no it's not it's a very mediocre team if that so Falcons i mean i just i just don't know what Arthur Smith did with like the guy who used to be sharp that that's kind of my worry but like going against Dennis Allen that's negated right is it's i mean smith probably has the advantage in this what right are you something
0: funny with the saints uh Yeah, I would take Arthur Smith, for sure. Um, The Saints, if you look at their wins this year, does does Bryce Young make it through the year? Bryce Young should be a backup. But here are their wins. The Titans by one against Tannehill. He's no longer the quarterback. The Panthers by three against Bryce Young. has been the worst quarterback in the league. Uh, The Patriots, Mac Jones, no longer the quarterback. Uh... The Colts gets a backup quarterback. Tyson Bajan's no longer the quarterback. I mean, all they did is beat and they had like five turnovers in that game, barely won. I mean, those are their wins. Titans by one. Titans have a defensive touchdown, uh call back thing, where they would have won. But Titans, Panthers, Patriots, Colts, and Bears with Bajan. Like, come on.
1: The only reason they're they're gonna be around is because of the schedule. And they're barely scraping by. Like they're with the, with the schedule they have. Barely uh for my second pick the fourth overall of the week 12 sunday six-pack uh not a not a normal style pick for me but i'm going niners a minus seven uh at the seattle seahawks and there's a couple of reasons why uh first of all i think something i think something's up with seattle and and, and geno smith here uh you know he got hurt comes out of game with a what do they call it? A tricep contusion mm-hmm. comes back in the game, makes one throw, needed to make another throw, but he he just hands the ball off instead. And now he's like, Oh, yeah, the, the the first they're saying the the headset went out, then they're saying it was a run pass option. Uh or can he just not throw? And then today I'm seeing oh, Geno Smith is limited in practice. He's he's a first quarterback up. And then I, I watched the video, and he's just jogging. He's not throwing. And then I see a, a report that Drew Walk is taking the first team snap. So, P. Cow is notorious for being overly optimistic with these injury reports. Gino's being coy. I mean, it could be all a, a mirage game, games and shit. But I don't think. Gino's oh, sure, week. Yeah, I don't think Gino's healthy. I, I, I'm going to say that, like whether he starts or not. So I make this line about just a, just a little over seven with Gino in, but. I make the total a lot higher with Gino in. So the fact that it's sitting at 43 is also kind of weird to me, but either way um, that's just one part of it. I, you know, if Gino plays against this defense, whoever plays, lock, you know, they're going to struggle because San Francisco, the defense, what they do is they stop explosive plays. They give up the fewest explosive plays in the league. And, and I mentioned, you know, Hufanga, their safety got hurt. And he was great last year, pretty good this year, but, uh, Jair Brown, a rookie, has been playing even better than Hufunga. So uh, another one of these situations, kind of like the Vikings, where like guys, key guys get hurt and you're just not suffering any drop-off. But uh, Seahawks, really bad on third down, but really good at creating explosive plays. So they live off explosive plays, but they can't convert third downs. They're six in explosive play. That's how they get offense. They're bottom three in third down conversion rate. And this has been an issue going back to last year. Red zone, too. So if, a, if you're facing a defense that's gonna take away the explosives and force you to drive down the field, and by the way, a defense that's gonna get pre- that can get pressure with four yeah, you get
0: pressure like, on Gino. That's key.
1: Yep, you can get pressure. You can and you can even like this. They play a lot of zone, but they can man up if they if they want. And this is this is a a situation they might do that. But they they have there's so many options now. They have a, such a deep defensive line. with they added Chase Young. They added Gregory. You know, like they're buying low on all these like for, first round pit, former first round picks. Uh, and then you look back at the track record and it aligns perfectly with what you would think would happen when this Seahawks offense faces the Niners. D. La- they faced each other three times last year with this kind of current construction of each squad, uh, more or less. And Gino barely averaged 200 net passing yards per game, the same amount of turnovers as touchdowns, three each. So, you know, one touchdown per game. He led the Seahawks to – just 14 points per game, 14.3 points per game uh, over the three meetings against the 49ers. So it's going to be a struggle. And before you even factor in the injury or the potential for Drew Lock, DK Metcalf also popped up with a, as it did not practice on Tuesday. Uh, so he's, that. I mean, that's never good on a short week. You know, we only have one day of practice left. Uh, so- Lockett
0: Kenneth
1: is not 100%. Lockett's is not 100%. And Kenneth Walker is looking likely to miss- who, exactly. And also you know, you're losing some expo- explosiveness there. So just a, a lot of things, just suboptimal, like worst case scenario on a short week uh, for Seattle. And then let's flip it over to the San Francisco offense, because the thing about the San Francisco offense is they finally have Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, Trent Williams, all healthy at the same time. And this year they've had those guys – healthy uh seven games and they've had at least one of them out in the other in the other three and in the seven with them all together San Francisco averaging 31 points a game with a point differential of 17 and a half with at least one of them out doesn't matter it could be more than one could be one doesn't matter how many at least one of them out 21 points per game uh, and a, a slightly negative point differential San Francisco offense is top six on third down for the whole year, regardless of who's in and who's out. They're top six on third down, top six in the red zone. Seattle defense, bottom five on third down, bottom five in the red zone. So on one side, you have a a team that stops explosive play that Seattle lives on. On the other side, you have a Seattle team that can't stop, you know, the situations that San Francisco just slices and dices you up and, and puts points on the board. And then if you just look back and you say, okay, short week, it is, you know, tough place to play in Seattle, um, but uh, San Francisco has, you know, gotten there and 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 won by at least eight last year. I think it was Purdy's first night start or first start. It was first or second start, but um, it's a tough place to play. But if you look back and you say, if you look and say, okay, I think San Francisco is going to win because Seattle's pretty banged up. San Francisco is a better team. All all the matchup things I just mentioned. Well, San Francisco when they win they win big. They're kind of like Buffalo was, you know, last year, all seven wins this year by at least seven points for the Niners, six of the seven wins this year by 13 or more. If you go back to the start of last season, 20 of their 22 wins, including the postseason, have been by at least seven, 18 of their 20 last 22 wins have been by eight or more, which is relevant now that the lines moved to, to seven at most spots. And Brock Purdy, thirteen of his fourteen wins have come by at least seven. Eleven of his fourteen have come by at least eight in, in his career starts, which means seventy-two percent of Brock Purdy starts, period, uh, have ended with uh them winning by seven. Sixty-one percent of his starts have ended with them winning by eight, and that's all throughout all games in the division. Brock Purdy average margin of victory fifteen point four. Uh, never lost a division game. Every single win. Has been by at least seven points. And you go back just to the start of last year, every single division game San Francisco's played, they've won and they've won by seven or more. So, uh, and then you factor in Thanksgiving favorites since 2004, 36 and 18 against the spread, 67%. Road favorites on Thanksgiving, 19 and 6, 75%. Public favorites, which means, which is rare that, you know, public favorites do well because again it's that's kind of what the books are trying to avoid but public favorites on thanksgiving 28 and 13 68 percent against the spread over the past two decades so uh going with the 49ers i just think it's a a brutal spot for seattle like the home field is worth more than most home fields but that's pretty much the only thing seattle has working in its favor right now brutal matchup brutal injury luck uh so give me the niners
0: yeah, I like the Niners here. I'll have money line. That'll be my close out my Thanksgiving parlay. only thing I worry about, you just got to avoid the purdy mistakes. But the Seattle defense, I've been saying it for weeks, is overrated as a whole. If you go back early in the season, people are like, the, the Seattle run is really good. Uh, since week five, 30th in EPA per rush. And if you look, so what happened before week five? You had three games. Here were the three games. They played the Panthers. The Panthers, th- Dalton threw it 60 times. <laughs> they ho- They only ran it 14 times in that game for 40 yards. Then they played the Giants, third-string offensive lineman with Matt Burita as their lead back. So, obviously, they didn't do anything. Then they played the Bengals. You know, before the Bengals really could do anything with Burrow, the Bengals only ran it 15 times in that game for f- 46 yards. Since then, everyone's been able to run it on Seattle. So, I think, I think that narrative is – I don't know, maybe still out there, but I think that San will have success running the ball. Uh, yeah, give me the Niners. Uh, where are you going with your third? For my third pick and the fifth overall of the Week 12 Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals plus one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Back to the formula. Uh, one of the things that the Steelers voodoo regression that's coming, one of the things that makes me happy is that they play a ton of backup quarterbacks. Uh, which means, you know, I was happy. I wasn't, like I said last week, when Watson was out, I was like, oh yeah, I get the Browns uh, under a field goal now. Similar spot here. Uh, this is, so look, I mean, number one, the Steelers, they're still number one in our luck rankings for a reason. Last week, they were projected to lose 19 to five in that game. They fire Matt Canada as they should have, but what's it, what are they, what are you going to do in four days? Uh, I don't think it's going to change much this week. Kenny Pickett still refuses to throw over the middle of the field. You can drive, you can literally drive a super yacht through his passing chart every week he just throws it aside he's not comfortable throwing in the middle of the field because he's not good um and that's where you have to attack Cincy you have to attack their safeties. you have to attack in the middle of the field um and look it's gonna be Jake Browning starting for Cincinnati and I love backing backup quarterbacks in this spot first game first start you have a couple of things here this is Cincy's season they're I mean, their season's already over, but in their heads, right? They're five and five. They got to win this game, stay in the wild card hunt, or they're done, done. This is when everyone else rallies, right? First game of the backup quarterback, just like in, you know, in the NBA, when the star player's out, a lot of times the market kind of over adjusts and everyone else knows they have to step up and then you get like a great effort that game. And then the next game after the stars, you you know, you come back down to earth. Also no film element of surprise. That's my backup quarterback since 2020, making their first career start. 19-7-2 against the spread. Everyone else steps up, lack of film. You have some unpredictability. So Browning's not great. Lee Scott his beak wet in Baltimore. They'll have a pretty easy game plan for him here. This game's going to go similar to what we saw last week. He'll throw it off the chase a couple times. Chase should be 100% here. We'll see if Higgins can go. But it's going to be a low-scoring, ugly game. Um... I don't trust the Steelers offense as far as I can throw them, even against Jake Browning. And by the way, the Steelers defense just lost to DTR, who was doing one read throws, four yards the entire game. They made Jordan. They should have lost to Jordan Love, and they could have lost to Will Levis. Those quarterbacks have done nothing in their other games. Um, so this defense is overrated, too. Uh, I think the Bengals, you've got a max effort here. Extended rest with a couple extra days to prepare Browning. Yeah, I like the, the Bengals as a home dog against this Steelers team that has a ton of regression still coming. This, this team should have three wins on the year.
1: I, the only thing I think I would be, I think it would have been more ideal if Matt Canada hadn't been fired, honestly, because, you know, now you have some of that, you know, new yeah, you coach could change magic, up magic on There's the other side. Yeah, yeah, you do have And, that, and that's not I mean, we, we've seen this with, the Bills. We've seen this with the Raiders. You know, it's just, it's not ideal, but I mean, I can't knock it. I can't knock you for betting on the Steelers to continue to regress uh fading Kenny Pickett, who, you know, Kenny Pickett's, he's weighing points on the road. So, I mean,
0: yeah. <laughs> I honestly think that they'd be better with Bortles, AKA Trubisky at this point.
1: You've just been Bortled. My third pick and the sixth overall of the week 12 Sunday six pack, I am going with the Los Angeles Rams minus one at the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, this is one where I've, I've adjusted for Kyler. I've adjusted for Cooper cup uh, being out, which seems like he's going to be ankle injury. They're calling him day to day, but uh, I'm thinking he's going to be out, but I've adjusted, you know, adjusted the Cardinals up for Kyler, knocked the Rams down for, for Cooper cup. And I still, Uh, make the Rams, you know, closer to a a field goal favorite here on the road. Uh, So going with the Rams here, I just think they are the better team. And I think Arizona's luck is going to run out. Whereas I think the Rams haven't fully hit their stride yet. I think they're a little better than the product that we've seen on the field. It's just Rams are another team. You know, they started hot on offense and Nakua broke out, but just hasn't seemed quite right. And maybe Kyron Williams coming back will help because he's number one, in the entire league in rush success rate. The only, the only player that has a higher success rate uh, on rush attempts than Jalen hurts is Kyron Williams. So that that's a good thing for the Rams. But uh, overall, when I look at this Cardinal team, that offense, I still don't think it's, it's been a massive upgrade from Murray to Dobbs. Murray's definitely added, you know, made some, some great plays with his legs, but you look at Arizona last week, for example, they, they catch used to napping with Rondale Moore, who almost never goes deep anymore. He goes deep, catches a touchdown. That's 52 uh, minutes into the game, minute and a half into the game. They spend the next 58 and a half minutes, they score 10 points, even though they got gifted three turnovers and a, uh, a missed field goal uh, of near, nearly 50 yards. So I think this Arizona team, you know they they got lucky with the Falcon, getting to play the Falcons, no Grady Jarrett uh, at home to, to start. And then you know, they, I guess they covered. Onyemata the was out too. Yeah, so Both like, of those
0: guys was huge. Yeah,
1: they're just, they're just, they're running a little, they're running a little lucky. And the way I look at it is the Falcons a couple of weeks ago were laying two, two and a half uh, at, for much of that, for much of the week on the road in Arizona. And I have the Rams rated better than the Falcons. So, uh, to get a point, and some books I, I'm seeing like a pick'em or a plus one, so definitely shop around. Uh, can also take money line. I'm totally cool with that, but uh, I think this Ram team is just better. I think they have some positive regression coming. They are they have just three wins on a year, tough schedule, but their Pythagorean theorem says they should have 4.3 wins, and that's even with the Brett Ripon catastrophe game included. Uh, in that. So uh I, I think the Rams are just I think the Rams are just the better squad here. And when you look at the Cardinals and Kyra Murray, this is where you want to fade him generally at home in the division. Kyra's one of those quarterbacks that you know you're catching him as a dog on the road generally exceed expectations, which makes sense. You know, he can create create things out of thin air. But you know, at in these kind of spots, home games, division, uh, he tends to struggle. He's been he struggled with this Raheem Morris defense through a lot of different iterations, but overall, uh, he's just three and eight, 27% against the spread at home in the division, failing to cover by an average of seven and a half points per game. So over a touchdown, uh the spread has been too high on Kyler in these spots. So Um, you could probably wait on this one because I think money is the money is on Arizona here. Money's coming in Arizona. So uh, that's why you haven't seen me put it in the app yet. I'll see where, see where it ends up at the end of the day. If if I do miss it, I'm just going to take Rams money line, but I think there's a chance we might get uh, the Rams plus one uh, or even better than that. So give me LA on the road against this number 31 ranked defense in Arizona that by the way just lost their green dot in in Kaiser White. So um this Ram team, probably their best offensive game was against the Cardinals uh earlier this year. Kyron's back. He had a big game. So I, I think they can do enough here. Uh and they're de- they they have the better of the two defenses. And I, I think they have the better of the two offenses as well. So give me the Rams.
0: Uh yeah, no feel here about leading that way. It's a circle of life in the NFC West Rams on the Cardinals who on the 49ers who on the Rams who also on the Seahawks Rams are nothing.
1: To recap, stuck has the bills plus three and a half, the Falcons plus one and the Bengals plus one. I have the Texans plus one and a half Niners minus seven. Rams minus one so we actually have some pretty decent quarterbacks Josh Allen we're back to
0: normal you got the better Stroud. quarterbacks than
1: me yep I got Stroud Purdy and Stafford so that's, that's actually that's, that might be <laughs> the best yeah. I've ever that's had that's the best actually. you've ever had yeah well oh and three incoming but no nah, uh just I kid I kid uh but you have Josh Allen pretty good Desmond Ritter not good Jake Browning <laughs> very not good <laughs> We're back. although we're I mean, back. who knows Jake Browning might be better than Desmond Ritter for all we know Uh, Okay, that was our Sunday six-pack for Week 12. Now it's time for Coach's Pep Talk. This is by far the worst
0: team that has ever sat in this locker room. There's not one of you, not one of you that's learned how to win.
1: This week's Pep Talk comes to us from a 1990 film, My Blue Heaven. And we got to dedicate this one to everyone's favorite NFL Italian-American right now, the one and only Tommy DeVito fresh off a dub against the Washington Commanders.
0: I was in a hurry, I was on my way to church to say a few novenas for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not a Catholic holiday. Thanksgiving is very big with the Italians. Turkey cacciatori, sweet potato parmesan.
1: There is no such thing as Thanksgiving in Italy. It is an American holiday.
0: Ever been to Sicily by any chance? No. Thanksgiving is very big in
1: Sicily on account of the large number of Sicilians who went to America and then got thrown back out. Uh, Let's get into favorite total of the week. I'm going with the Chiefs Raiders under 43. Another one, shop around, see if you can get a, a 43 and a half. But this is a very good Chiefs defense on one side. Number three in DVOA. And on the other side, you have a Raiders defense that does not give up explosive plays. You've talked about this. This is just, that's kind of what they do. And it's been working for the Raiders for the most part. Their defense, I can't remember the last time that this late into the season, the Raiders had a respectable DVOA rating on defense, but they're 16th in DVOA. The Chiefs are fourth, I misspoke. Sorry, they're number three against the pass, uh, but four overall in DVOA, and then the Raiders are 16. Both of these That's teams... A Graham. We liked him before, too. Yep, yep, yep. He's he's one of the better defensive coordinators, I think. You know, he makes it work up in the booth, so you know, not everyone has to come back down to the sidelines and whatnot, but uh, yeah, so the Raiders and the Chiefs, both of them have been very good at limiting explosive plays, and you know that is something that very valuable, obviously, when you're talking about a total, especially when you're talking about a total that is in the you know mid 40s. Because if you don't have explosive plays, you can have good offense. It's just long drives, which I think the Chiefs, you know, at some point, they're going to have to get right. You know, people are going to have to stop dropping passes. But you know, the Vegas defense is giving up the fifth fifth fewest explosives, so it's not going to be easy. It's probably going to take some longer drives. Probably lean on the run. Pacheco's been playing well, and uh, on the other side, Kansas City's giving up the seventh fewest explosive plays themselves. Mentioned it top four in DVOA, number three against the pass. Aiden O'Connell's liable to take sacks, and coming off a three pick game, I kind of like situations like this for unders because you know when you're coming off a, a three pick game, especially it's his first multi interception game in the pros. I think you know. Next, you're going to come out the next week, be a little more conservative,
0: conservative, yeah.
1: Try not to turn the ball over, and maybe you know, maybe the sacks come back because you know that first start against the Chargers, you had seven sacks. Then you played the Bears in relief, you didn't get sacked. You played the Giants, who get no, you know, they were just out of sorts and didn't get any sacks. But then three sacks against the Jets, two more against Miami. So I think you might see even you know three, four, five. Uh, in this game, anything you know not to throw the picks again. Just keep him in the game. And the Raiders, I'm sure you know Antonio Pierce is now the head coach, defensive guy. Uh, so I'm sure he is going to have that mentality of let's keep let's play it short in the game. Let's keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. Going to hand the ball to Josh Jacobs, and you can. The Chiefs aren't great on run defense. That's you know that's their their weak weakness. their are 27s, so you can kind of move the ball run weed some clock, but ultimately uh, you're not going to get explosives. I think you're going to see long drives from both teams. And if you look at the track records of these two teams this year, seven out of the 10 Kansas city games have ended on a total of 43 or below nine out of the 10 Raider games have ended on a total of 43 or below both of these teams, uh, multiple unders in a row team when teams have been both teams in a game have gone under at least 3 times in a row entering the the matchup 47 28 and 1 to the under in that next game 63% over the last 2 decades so you know sometimes things like that reverse but uh this is kind of well established what these two what these two teams do and what they are and i think i think the chiefs i think both of these teams really the market's been a little slow especially the ca- the casual better just a little bit slow. Probably you think of the Chiefs, great offense, but, you know, defense that just does enough. But their defense against the pass is excellent this year. And then the Raiders, same thing. I think the Raiders, oh, man, they're one of the worst defenses in the league because they have been for, what, two decades now? But uh, they're uh, right there, right right on average, slightly above average and not giving up big plays. So both of these defenses, I think, are underrated. And in 2023, when you have a total uh, in, the, you know, in the 40s, uh, and I can get, you know, two defenses who are top seven against explosives. I'm taking that all day. So under 43 chief Raiders. Yeah. And the chiefs can't score in the second half. I'd like it,
0: uh, <laughs> for my favorite total. I'm going to go, I'm going back to an over, uh, I'm going to go Colts bucks over 43 and a half, couple things working in of why I like this total one Colts play fast which will help bucks middle the road in pace uh but bucks defense really good against the run as you'd expect <clears throat> but you can get them in the secondary especially now you got dean davis and and david are all hurt their d's are all hurt on defense i don't think any of them are going to play this week we'll see but that back end can be exposed and on the other side the colts defense talk about a secondary that could be exposed their secondary is awful they also missed Grover Stort up front, especially in the run game. Uh, Cooney Pay is not at 100. They they just cut Leonard. What is that his
1: name? Yep, role? yep. Shaq Leonard. Yep. Shaq Leonard. Former Darius. Uh, yeah. What ha- what happened there? He's he just couldn't play. He was just too slow. Like, like the injuries just took their toll. So essentially, they wanted to use him just like a a, a two down early down linebacker, and then, but he was like vocally asking just like. I don't know anyone in particular, but essentially the media, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why am I not playing? Uh, so a locker downs. room thing.
0: They got to get rid of him.
1: Essentially, well, and, and a quality of play thing. Like, he just wasn't good enough to keep on the field, and he wasn't essentially one of their top linebacker, like top three, I guess. Oh, he's been awful this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. No, so I, yeah,
0: I've been cutting him. Like, I do. You get there's no like benefit. I, it's very odd. Probably a
1: pride thing too. I mean, he's, you know, he was looked at as one of the leaders and one of the best at one point. So I, for him to fall that far, I probably thought it best to just, you know, cut him now, let him catch on with another team, I, I guess,
0: which he yeah. probably won't. I mean, he grades out as one of the worst linebackers in the NFL yeah. this year. Yeah, he's been bad. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, so Colts back end, attackable and Bucks have heavy red zone regression coming on both ends. They can't They haven't been able to score in the red zone. Very fluky. Um, and they lead the NFL somehow in red zone defense. Part of that's because they're good against the run, but they're giving up touchdowns on like 32% of red zone trips. That's going to change. Uh, I think the pace will be high here. I think both teams will be th- uh, go a little bit more pass heavy than they've been based on the matchup. And uh, I like this over 43 and a half. I think it's a little suppressed based on the scoring environment, but I think this sets up as a sneaky shootout.
1: This would have been my pick if, if the Chiefs Raiders weren't on the board. Uh, I, I totally agree that those injuries for the Bucks just do it. And I mean, I guess you could, in a way, you could say, well, it's not ideal that the Bucks can stop the run and the Colts do want to run. But you know, I, I think you know, more throwing equals more explosives. But also, you, you could get some Minshew, maybe a, a fumble turnover, get some points on the board that way. So uh I think yeah. it's a good match. And I
0: think the Colts have a, a smart staff. So I don't think they're gonna try to run into walls and I think they're gonna go past heavier, which isn't accounted for in this total.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right, yeah. So Indy Tampa Bay over 43 and a half, Vegas, KC under 43. Shop around, see if you get the the half on that as well. Uh now it's time for our favorite teaser of the week.
0: Oh yeah. Six point teasers. If
1: you don't want me to- Uh, stuck your nine and two nine and two on this show on teasers uh i'm seven and four so combined we're 16 and six uh so b- pretty good pretty profitable teaser year uh, for us but you especially where are you going this week uh let's go let's tease through the three and seven of both
0: part of both sides uh browns two and a half to eight and a half this should be i mean look the way that their defense plays man heavy get pressure bring pressure could be a nightmare for Russell Wilson, who, against any blitz, he's just completely folding. He's been really good against zone, not against man. Now you're going to get some, uh most man-heavy defense in the league. I don't think the Denver offense is going to do much. Denver defense also, turnover regression. They've been getting very fortunate the last couple weeks. Uh, Brown's offense is not going to do much. It's gonna, they're going to treat this like last week. Uh, keep it low-scoring, trust in the defense. I mean, his total is super low. Getting over touchdowns is super valuable. And then the Texans. Uh, I like the Texans in this game. I make them a small favorite, so teasing them up above a touchdown. Uh, Even if they're down 14 late somehow. I mean, Stroud will go down the field and get in the back door for the teaser. But I think they win, so uh, not a super high total either. So, um, yeah, give me the Texans and the Browns teasing through three and seven on each.
1: Yeah, this would you know what would be an ideal situation would be if the Broncos won by exactly seven. So, you know, convincingly enough, because guess where they go next week? To Houston. And definitely wow. definitely want to fade the Broncos. They would be coming off a five game straight up winning streak, uh, if if they are able to beat Cleveland. And a very a pretty fortunate one exactly that's my point so yeah. i i you know that and that line is i i doubt the texans would even be laying a field goal you know so probably be under a field goal you uh, gotta
0: hope the texans don't kill we gotta we need the texans, well, yeah, to win by, texans to win by one
1: yeah they're usual right um
0: yeah that's all but, they do uh
1: but yeah it's that's it's setting up that the, the fade spot is setting up perfectly um because yeah i, I thought about cleveland this week but I just I don't think we've seen it. I mean, DTR now we have two games super inefficient. Uh, the Broncos not great, but better better offense than the Steelers at least a little bit. Courtin Sutton will just make a circus catch. Uh, George Pickens will do it, but he won't get his feet in. So uh, yeah. advantage advantage Broncos on that one. But Scantlin yeah, will up...
0: do it, but drop it.
1: <laughs> oh my God! So for my teaser, I'm going with the uh, the Texans as well, uh, and then going with the 49ers down to uh, a point uh, not that really needed but those are just two of my favorite plays so i'm not gonna over complicate it here we're just gonna go niners down seven to one and texans one and a half up to seven and a half stuck has cleveland eight and a half and houston seven and a half those are our teasers uh we'll get into our money line underdog parlay in a sec but Just want to remind you that the Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM and you can use bonus code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER. All right, time for our money line underdog parlay.
0: Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the money line parlay.
1: So we hit the uh, plus 360 with the Rams and Packers last week. So let's keep it going. What are you doing for the Moneyline Dog this week?
0: Uh, Let's go with Mr. Tommy DeVito, uh, my fellow
1: (laughs) fellow,
0: uh, Italian-American. What do I always do? What do I do a lot of times with these Moneyline Dogs? Quarterback uncertainty. So, yeah, obviously there's still uncertainty with DeVito. He was better last week. Uh, But the Patriots, they don't even know their quarterback's going to be. Bill Belichick came out and said, everyone be ready to go. I'll let everyone know the quarterback is on Sunday. I mean, I who knows? Will Greer, Bailey Zappi. I don't think it's going to be Mac Jones, but what you want with a money line dog, ideally, um, is uncertainty, and we have that here. I don't. I, who who knows what the Patriots are going to look like? Um, they're they're and they're just a mess. They're they're a mess. Belichick has lost it. Uh, the team has lost it. Um, the Giants are still fighting, at least. Uh, and yeah, give me the New York Giants with all the uncertainty.
1: Yeah, that, that, the, even that plus three was looking pretty tempting. I mean, the, the Patriots shouldn't be favored on the road versus anyone by that, by that margin. But at the same time, the Giants got so lucky with six turnovers that yeah. it's, I mean, this is just a shit show. So yeah, I, I think this is kind of the perfect time to, to take a money line dog. I'll go with the Buffalo Bills here simply because. I think they can win, but I also, you know, the the Eagles. When they do win, they seem they don't. It doesn't ever seem to come down to a field goal anyway. It's always like you know, we beat Dallas by five and the Chiefs by four. It's like it's one of those teams that uh, I don't mind just taking the money line here with Buffalo. You already broke it down, so I'm not gonna belabor the point. But Buffalo is plus one. 45 on the money line and the G-Men are plus 140. So if you parlay the G-Men plus 140, the Bills plus 145, you get plus 488. Uh, Of course, can always take them individually as well. But that would be a nice, juicy parlay that I think has a pretty good chance of hitting two New York teams, too. So Uh, rematch of Super Bowl, one of those Super Bowls. The one with the wide right Super Bowl. But uh, that's our Money Wine Dog parlay. Giants hosting the Pats and the Bills at the Eagles. Now it's time for the best of the rest games we haven't covered in any other segment, but are still, as they say, meaningful to some. That's going to be a touchdown, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. All right. First up, we got the Black Friday game Miami at the Jets, Dolphins. Favored by ten on the road. The total is forty-one. I mean, this is this is tough because just from a pure power rating perspective, even after adjusting, I mean, and you can only adjust so much when you're the starting point is Zach Wilson. But even after adjusting, ten is pretty is a, is a is a lot. It, it's, it's it's inflated, but yeah. But I I cannot bring myself to back. Boy, we were talking about him off air. I mean, there's really nothing positive. What did you say he threw, like... 14... One touchdown and 14 interceptions in college. <laughs> like, bro. That was his real be... stat line. One to How did 14. he get to the NFL?
0: I don't know. He must be, like, a really smart scout guy uh, that can, like, yeah. just knows the... Knows the plays and because he just was behind Rogers forever. Yeah, I think he's um, a smart
1: guy and knew knew who to hitch his ride to because he's yep. just Re- Rogers' personal caddy. It seems like.
0: Yeah, he did start three games, covered yep. two somehow with the Lions, yep. uh, a couple of years back. You had him in the six pack one week. He lost yep. all three, but he covered one. Got blown out by Seattle. Yeah, covered I can't. I, I yeah, covered two of the three. Yep. I can't get that. I can't. I can't get to this number. The Jets' defense is still really good. They got embarrassed last yeah. week. The Dolphins I was surprised their offense looked as poor as it did last week Tua was, after the bye week I also expected their defense to I mean that game went under with ease but like I I expected a crisper effort from Miami it was a little disappointing um but anytime that Jets defense you can get double digits at home after an embarrassing effort um and and, and it boils awful I mean I think Simeon would be the better option you, I bet he'll probably yeah. have a quick quick hook. And you'll True. go to Simeon quick. Uh, that's what Sala said he's very, very short leash, like
1: the backup that's ready to go. Um, yeah, that, that just gave me, I hope, I, I don't know if, I don't think, I think I saw a, a like a 160 uh, for Boyle passing yards, but I don't know where that was and I don't know if it's out everywhere. But yeah, that's that's a great uh, fade spot for a prop. If, if A quarterback on a short leash under his uh, passing yardage. Yeah, because uh, you can you can still go under, under anyway. anyway. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So yeah, that I'll be I'll be looking for that. But yeah, I mean, are you so? Are you gonna? Did you take the plunge already? Or are you going to? I it? haven't. I'm thinking about uh, it. I'm, I'm thinking I about really it. Really don't want to. Like it's just it, I guess it, it depends what kind of mood I'm in after uh, I wake up one Friday yeah. morning. Probably it's because, Jets or nothing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I I you know I see some people you know some money's coming in on Miami and listen I get it but. Like this is why we this is why we crunch the numbers. You know, the, the Jets have and listen, and that's why it's kind of psychologically hard to do because you know the Jets have been losing big in spots where it, there's any competent offense on the other side. I mean the Chargers yeah, the are by the 20. Panthers. yeah, they're not the Panthers. The
0: Panthers the Jets have an elite unit. The Panthers mm-hmm. are just that every once in a while there's a team, regardless of your numbers, there's a team that you just can't catch up to. Right. Yeah, you, that's you would yeah. The Panthers to me too. I they're unbettable. Uh I bet yeah. them once and I'm like, nope. Uh and they're playing the Titans. I'm I'm not laying. We didn't talk about that game, but I, I'm I'm nope. not I, I, any other
1: team, any other team, will Levis laying three and a half. Like yep. you gotta yes. get you gotta fade the other side. But like the Panthers, nope, don't nope. don't trust it.
0: I spent four seconds on that game. I just looked at yeah. it and said, nope. No. No.
1: No. Derek Henry will probably have a big game, but I mean, yeah. And that's that's the next game. So three and a half. The Titans are favored by at home total 36 and a half. Uh, Will Levis did not practice on, t- he was not, let me say this guy. He was not spotted at practice on Tuesday, which I believe is just a walkthrough anyway. So not a massive concern because I think Tannehill's healthy, but kind of interesting, I guess, because I don't know anymore if, I don't know if I, Tannehill might actually be an upgrade over Levis, the way Levis has played since that Falcon game. So uh, if something you know does transpire uh, i think the titans become a little bit more palatable but i'm not laying points with with the rookie quarterback at three and a half and more than a hook uh, no less in a, in a low total game but it can't you just can't touch the panthers so um yeah i don't think we need to spend any more time on that pass uh, pass
0: pass pass. it's
1: uh raven's chargers what are your thoughts on baltimore in this one you know they have the long rest the chargers i mean Another one, I mean, uh, this uh, – Brandon Staley has to be coaching for his job at this point. I mean, it's not like you're expecting to beat the Ravens because they're the better team, but you pretty much have to beat the Ravens because, you know, you expected to be a playoff team and you just lost to the Packers. So, uh, this is kind of a muscling game for the Chargers, but they're three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. The total is 47. What are you thinking?
0: Yeah, extended rest of the Ravens. There's not a big home field for the Chargers either. But over a field goal, I'd lean chargers here. Um, you know, you have – I don't know. We'll see. There's some injuries that I want to watch for the Ravens. I mean, Mark Andrews obviously is a big loss. Uh, we'll see on Humphrey uh, and then uh, Stanley as well. But – so I think that this is like your desperation charger spot. And anytime you can get Herbert – like they should have won last week. They just – there's a ton of drops. Anytime you can get Herbert as a dog over a field goal, It's intriguing. Um, and the Ravens secondary, especially without they've benefited so much from quarterback luck like who they faced it's a really good defense. one of the best defenses in the NFL, but like every week, I mean then you have Burrow gets hurt against them you face it face Burrow as a ghost in the week two or week one um so I think there's a little bit of value on the charters about Kilgo, but it's not a great matchup like the way that they play defense and now you don't have Bosa uh schematically, it's bad. Um, Lamar's ankle, he says it's a hundred percent. That's some more uncertainty in this game. Uh, he was like jumping around. They asked him about it and he was like, "Jump." he jumped, he was jumping up and down and said, I'm a hundred percent. So presumably that's not an issue. Um, but the offense is just, it's, it's not the same without Andrews. Um, they'll, they'll have to get likely in company more involved and they'll have to do more when Andrews isn't on the field. But small lean to to the Chargers just on a on a gut feel feels feels like a field goal game to me
1: all right well there you go uh we'll do survivor and then get up out of here I I will survive.
0: Oh. the survivor pool pick of the week
1: so we just just barely by the skin of our teeth detroit uh last week which i you told me to take Jacksonville that would have been much less of a sweat but here we are. Uh, this is a tough week. I I'm, I'm pretty much between Minnesota and Tennessee which which makes me want to just go Minnesota cuz I feel like the Bears I feel like Minnesota's still like a, a Minnesota's like a good team um with some injuries whereas I really don't with the Titans I I don't know what they are. Um, it was the Bears seem to find ways to lose. Um, what do you think? Ah, uh, I, if I had to choose, I would go Titans just because it's against
0: the Panthers and the Bears are like feistier now, and it's a divisional game. Um,
1: yeah, but I I, I could never live with myself if I get knocked out after all this by fucking losing to the Panthers like that. I, like I I would, I, would just take the L with my guy, Justin Fields. Yeah. I got to go. I got to go Vikings just to keep it on brand. I just. No DeVito. <laughs> nah, man. I mean, no. Yeah. Those a couple. I actually can't use the giants. I, uh, I used them against the Cardinals. So I'm actually one of six remaining in our action network pool out of 148. So duh. yeah, I'm going to go Minnesota. I don't, I mean, I feel better about Minnesota and all. I think, I think, you know, people, you know, classic right like you know you see the Bears play really well against the Lions and you know that was kind of the spot to be on the Bears and you know now everybody's gonna be like oh well you know Josh Dawes and this Viking team they're due for a letdown I feel like I feel like people just keep sleeping on the Vikings I think I saw 90 let's see what was it like at one point there was like 90 percent of the bets and money on the Bears yeah 89 percent of the bets 92 percent of the money. Uh, on the Chicago bears that makes me feel really good about the Minnesota Vikings. So yeah, <laughs> let's go Minnesota. Cause I think people have been wrong about, about uh, Minnesota all year. So we'll go Minnesota, see if we can see if we can get through Thanksgiving. That would be, I think the second or third time we've uh, at least one of us has yeah. made it past Thanksgiving. So uh, let's do it. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Enjoy your, uh, enjoy your duck on uh on on thursday afternoon and uh happy thanksgiving to everybody listening we appreciate you and uh hope you have a uh enjoyable holiday hope you have a profitable one if you end up tailing any of the picks happy thanksgiving let's keep it rolling yes sir uh and just a reminder you can hear stuck talking college football big bets on campus it's already out so uh, you can have it for thanksgiving Stuck is on X at stucky2. I'm at Chris Rabon. We're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's get this money. Let's give this money as well. Peace. My
0: Action Network reminds you: please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you
1: care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24 seven at one eight hundred Gambler.